0: this morning. Greg, you want to come up? (laughs) And can we have the elders, the few that are here, and the leadership team come on up?
1: (laughs) I got a word. Help help him, Jesus.
2: (laughs) Father, we're grateful for Greg and his life and his testimony. Thank you, Father, for the revelations that you've brought him, and I ask, Father, that you would bless him. Release, 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 release him to to, uh, give what he's seen in the spiritual realm in a way that's tangible
1: and effective for us. I thank you for that, Lord. We bless you in Jesus' name. Hola. <laughs> All right. Wow. So.
2: Um, so Doug and Sandy are off gallivanting, resting, and going to a uh, um, a vineyard conference. Is it? So could we? When when I point the microphone towards you, could you guys? give a big shout out, and get rested, and just, it doesn't have to make sense, but just say hello to them, all right? One, two, three. Right on. <laughs> I, I love that uh, that couple. They are amazing, and uh, as all of you guys are, too. You guys are amazing.
1: Tony, I might need your help. Okay, power on. Mr. Tony, are you in the house?
2: Well, anyways, um, I, I wanted to, when when Tony comes to get that help, he told me how to do it, but um, I didn't pay attention, I guess.
1: Well, that is, however, the power on this is not. But there's no, nothing on the
2: screen. Okay.
1: Oh, that's right. you got to actually snap
2: it on. Oh, and then it vibrated like you told me.
1: And then I hit the the, air, the the TV arrow, or just the arrow.
2: <laughs> we really practiced this right before. Not <laughs> Tony told me what to do, but um, he's he's coming to help me. But uh, the last song that we sang,
1: um, I love that song. Uh, All my life you have been faithful,
2: all my life you've been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. In the first verse, I have to correct the first verse. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never, uh, never fails me. All my days... I've been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up to the moment I lay my head. For me, my worship is 24-7. I, uh, by the grace and the mercy of God, I, I get to dream all night. And many, many times I wake up in tears because. I have slept, thank you, in the presence of God. It's been my heart's cry to always be in his presence. It's been my life mission to always know that he's with me no matter where I go. Um, just uh, one of the fun dreams that I've had, uh, I t- I told it the Mari. Um, but there was one night I was, I was dreaming and Teresa and I, Teresa and I, we love to worship the Lord. I know that you guys do too, but this dream, we walked up into these, up these stairs and these, there was these big brown doors. I don't know, in my dreams, I always have brown doors. Well, doors are normally brown, (laughs) but, um, there were these big tall doors and there was a service going on inside and I, I heard, people worshiping. And so we're going like, yeah, we're game. Let's go in. And so as soon as you open up these doors, there were stairs that went down. I'm going like, all right, this is interesting. So, but the worship was so infectious. It was so inviting. So we start walking down these stairs and the, the floor it was like in the basement, so as we walked further down, more stuff got vi- became visible and I saw during worship people were flying, they were floating in the air as they were worshiping Jesus, and I'm going like, and I got about three quarters of the way down the stairs, and I'm going like, teresa, let's go.' And I started flying around worshiping Jesus, and there was, uh, and there was, it was really interesting because at the bottom of the stairs, right up, there was a column, and there was this, and I don't understand why, but there was this elderly lady. She was all wrinkled, and she was hanging from, with a body harness. Hanging from the ceiling, and she was just like, and she was just into it like everybody else was, but she wasn't flying. She was. It was. It was like, even though she can't fly, we're gonna catch her up anyways. I don't. Uh, but and then I woke up and I'm going, oh, I want to experience that here now. And there's times where God brings me places here. Where I'm not here, I'm flying somewhere, and I love that. I love that the Lord would love us so much that He. Um, actually, I, it's it's so hard to describe. So I, uh, my subject that I'm that I'm teaching on is
1: worship this is my favorite life endeavor and um, I had a vision
2: or a picture or a whatever you may call it I believe from the Lord and that's that birthed this message uh, about a month ago in home group and if you're not involved with the home group please get involved with the home group it is so precious and it's a wonderful time but uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you that picture that i saw and you're probably wondering well what is th- what are these basins here they're um this one's full of water i forgot my towel <laughs> 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 i'm a guy um but so i i saw a picture of heaven in this big basin of water and jesus was standing before it and he was he was uh grabbing the water and then splashing it all over himself and he was laughing and he was joyful and it was it was he loved what was in this basin. And I'm going like, all right, well, that's that's interesting. What's, what's that? What's that water? And he told me that this is the praises of his people. And so I want to... Uh, try and describe how important worship is in our life, and and he started showing me, which I I live by, he started showing me the different aspects of worship. Uh, Most of the time we think of that uh, we... We come here and and we worship. That was so good of worship. That was wonderful worship. Elizabeth did so good. And this is such a nice place. And the worship at that church is amazing. And we, we think of this time, or we speak of this time as worship, which is true. It is. It's corporate worship. And then we have personal worship when we are before God in
1: our closet and where he visits us in that secret moment where words cannot describe. So, One of the things that I have discovered
2: is worship has to be, has to be a free will offering. It cannot be coerced. It cannot be made up. It cannot be fake. And there was a time in my life where worship was fake to me because I got a whole bunch of accolades and I lived on those those attaboys before I knew the Lord. I was a worship leader before I knew the Lord. Isn't that interesting? The Spirit still used me <laughs> because He gives out gifts to people without repentance. However, I love the praise of people more than I love to praise the Lord. And... um so it can't be fake. That's one of my the things that the Lord has eradicated from my life is uh, I cannot I cannot fake it. That's probably why I'm uh a lot of times I'm in tears in worship and they're just tears of gratitude and joy and um I'm just amazed at where God has taken taken me from. I have felt the pleasure of the Lord. I have felt the joy of the Lord. I have felt his tangible presence. I have felt the wind of the Holy Spirit. I have been empowered, strengthened, encouraged, and healed, taught, and stretched in the midst of worship. I have seen his power, his grace, his majesty before my very eyes he's actually taken me to heaven in the midst of worship there is something so important about worship down here that affects heaven up there I remember uh, some of you have heard this story but I was uh, leading worship in front of uh, 1600 people 1200 people 1600 people didn't matter But a big crowd, and I had gotten there early. It was like five in the morning, and I started worshiping my heart out, and it was back when I had hair. It was halfway down my back, curly hair, halfway down my back, (laughs) and I was on a stage that it was 75 feet to any opening in the building. And I was sitting on stage n- leaning back with my guitar, just worshiping. And all of a sudden, this gust of wind hits me in the face and blows my hair back. And I open up my eyes. And I say, I, I said, that's cool. And I kept <laughs> and I kept worshiping. However, um when we when it was time to to uh, start leading songs, um, I I remember I hit my guitar. There I not, I didn't hit my guitar. I strummed a chord, and like an elevator, me and the spi- my spirit got raised into heaven,
1: and there I was before the throne of God. For 45 minutes, I got to worship for an audience of one. When things like that start happening in your life, it changes you, changes your perspective. It shows you what's important to your Father. And
2: so, this is another aspect of what Jesus
1: just recently showed me. Let's see here. How much worship is enough? When does it stop? When should it stop? You know have you been in in those services
2: where worship was so good just going like we
1: shouldn't have stopped we should keep going and sometimes we would
2: and you could go on in, in those moments you can go on forever but but the thing is is that was When we experience times like this, like, I don't ever want to leave. I don't ever want to have this stop. It doesn't have to. It just looks different. It feels different. That was wonderful for that moment in time. Now let's continue to worship. Right? And uh, you never want to leave that place. And here's the good news. You don't
1: have to. You don't have to leave the presence of God. Um, I need some Kleenex. I uh I have
2: terrible allergies and Brittany says I'm
1: sick, but I'm not. <laughs> Uh, so I better I gotta pull out my notes
2: so um, how much worship is enough it's never enough we're going to be praising and worshiping the king of kings and the lord of the lords for eternity does that mean that we're going to be singing songs for eternity? Does that mean that we're going to be
1: always, music has to be playing? No. Because there's
2: so many aspects of worship that we need to grab a hold of. The very first uh, slide, let me go back if I can fill the basin worship and spirit and truth then revival i believe that god has given me a i hate to say the word formula because it's not a formula it's a relationship formulas are not relationship however for lack of a better term i'm going to use the word formula all right can we get past the just go with me on this What happens if a person, by the word of God and the presence of of the Lord, stays with in a tangible way? What happens to that person? That person is revived. That person lives in revival. It doesn't matter what is coming at that person. That person lives in revival because he knows the author and finisher of his faith. He worships the king and everything that is coming at him, he can handle because, Teresa, your favorite verse is, yes.
1: I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me.
2: And so no matter what's coming my way, if I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and I am always acknowledging his presence and he counsels me and he speaks to me every day through visions, words, his word, uh, his written word, then do I have anything to fear? Can I, is that the, greatest catalyst to grow as a person i remember i used to live with addictions in my life when i gain this concept of he is always with me and i'm always going to worship him in everything that i do what happens is is there any room for addictions except jesus
1: Let's see here. So a
2: lot of times we think of um if we just ha- if j- we just worshiped, I w- I would love to worship in Jerusalem. Wouldn't that be cool? That's a that's a holy place. It's uh we we label places as a better place to be than where we're at. So like um Jerusalem is a holy place. The Wailing Wall, Golgotha, uh, the Via Dolorosa, Bethlehem, the Mount of Olives, the Borrowed Tomb. Wouldn't that be amazing? It's an amazing place to visit and worship.
1: That's a... uh, However, I found...
2: I found that you can make holy places wherever, in anywhere you are. So this place right here, Jesus dwells in me. This life is birthed for worship. This place is holy. It is just as holy as that place over there. When I'm at my shop, that place is holy Because The King of kings and Lord of lords lives in me through the Holy Spirit. So when I'm in Walmart or picking up product at a place where this just this happened this week where uh, I was sitting down in a chair at um, the store and. And me and the lady uh, had a conversation. And I said, there is not much that can steal my joy. And she said, how do I get that? And I said, I would love to introduce you to Jesus. And she says, oh, I know him. And she walks off. And, and I'm going like, oh, she doesn't get it. However, she touched heaven. Because heaven lives in me. The Holy Spirit lives in me. Yeah, the Holy Spirit lives in you. So the greatest, the greatest holy place is you, Rose, is you, Louis, Elizabeth, no matter where you're at, it's in you, actually. Uh, The word it is wrong. Strike that, Lord. Sorry. You are not an edit. You are a person. You are a creator.
1: And I love you with all my heart. You can't love an it. So we are fearfully
2: and wonderfully made. These are the things that the Lord washed over me when he was healing me and allowing me to feel and be in his presence. And, and if we realize this, if we let this wash over us, there's something that happens. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We uh, were conceived in the mind of God before uh, the foundations of the earth. We were knit in our mother's womb by the hand of God. We were born with all the potential of heaven in us. We were created to worship.
1: So for the most part, I've talked about singing and music. But I want to talk about the other ways that
2: we must worship if we desire revival in ourselves, in revival, in this body, in revival, in this valley. Someone who loves, sings differently, walks differently. In fact, everything changes. Some of the things uh, you used to do, you don't do. And some of the things you, you never did, you do. John 15 uh, talks about we must remain in him. How do you do that? How do you, can you just turn on the switch and say, I'm going to remain in you? It doesn't work that way. It's from glory to glory to glory. But it's the de- he gives us the desires of our heart. So what is the desire of our heart? I want to be in your presence 24-7, Lord, for the rest of eternity. That's my desire. Am I there yet? absolutely not do I want that yes who is responsible for the growth uh, for growing the fruit that's inside of you Holy Spirit heaven has to do something that is predicated on what we do I believe and it's this reciprocating relationship the Holy Spirit indwells, fills, encourages, strengthens, and pours out in you. The word pouring is a very important word. Um, if you wanted to turn to John 4, this is... Um, and and uh, I am not this great, wonderful reader, so would somebody like to read... What's up on the screen or in your Bible? I'll give you the mic. All right. All right. All right.
0: Now, he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sichar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus For Jews did not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water.
2: Yeah, um, I remember just a a short side note. I'm not ashamed that I can't read that well. I remember that there was a uh, there was a gentleman, a business businessman. Uh he he wouldn't do business with me because I couldn't read or spell that well. And he says, You own him amount to much. Absolutely he was wrong. You know, Satan, he'll try and get you wherever he can get you. But I'm not ashamed of my weaknesses because in my weakness he's made strong amen so there was there was this thing that happened here jesus asked the samaritan woman for some water he wanted water and then in turn he said i have something that you don't know of i have water that will last forever the living water he was he's speaking of the living water, and so when I started reading this passage, I started to see a pattern of worship. He asks us for water, he gives us more he asks us for water, he gives us more this vision that I had of him in front of the basin. he asks for water.
1: He asks for water, and he gives us living water. I'm going to try and read this. So, sir, sir, the woman said,
2: you have nothing to draw with, um, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us who gave us the well and drank from it and as did also his sons and his livestock Jesus answered everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst indeed the water I give them will become in them A spring of water. Hang on, a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman then said to him, "Sir, give me this water, so I don't, so I don't get thirsty, and have to keep coming uh, here to draw water." She's not getting it yet. However. he told her, go and call your husband. And we, kn- we know this story where he says, go and call your husband. And uh, while well, I'm not married, well, yes, you're not married, but you've had five husbands already. And and then she gets excited and and then script down to 21, 23. And this is the culmination of all that. Yet a time is coming and has now come. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kinds of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah called Jesus is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am He, the living water. So the time is here right now, wherever you are, in any moment, the time is the Father is seeking those who worship Him in spirit and in truth, no matter where they're at, what time it is, 24 7. I didn't used to dream spiritual dreams, but for the most part, I dream a spiritual dream every single night, and I wake up encouraged because I've given myself over to worship regardless of what people think, regardless of how I feel, regardless of What's coming my way that looks like it may destroy me, I'm going to turn my back to it and worship. Because I know that my God is bigger than whatever's coming my way. And I know that I mess up. And I know that He's bigger than my mess
1: ups. Does that make sense? So, let me see here.
2: So what what is worship? When does it happen? Personal and corporate worship. What happens during worship? What is supposed to happen in worship? <laughs> what does it feel like? What does it smell like? What does it look like? What does it taste like? What is the result of worship? So I I have this, um, I have these basins right here. And I have some good friends that I I know, I know them. I know that they know how to worship in spirit and in truth. So um, uh, Bob and Barb, where are you guys at? Come on up here. Would Would you take, will you pour this in this basin right here? And let me, let me paint the picture of, you guys just pour it together. This couple is married. They love being married. They love one another. They honor each other. Whenever I see them, they mostly smile, and, and they're happy, and, and they're bubbly, and it's because the Holy Spirit lives inside of them. This is worship. We're filling the basin in heaven. You can worship God in your marriage. Thank you. Remember that picture that God is God is reaching down and he's splashing himself and he's joyful because his people are worshiping him in spirit and in truth. It's not just a song. So Matt and Tamara, Come on up here. They've they've been coming to our church over a year? Year and a half? Year and a half? Right here. Grab this. These people love the presence of God. Their house is filled with the presence of God. When we walk in into their house, we feel the presence of God. And this is is worship, where you live, worshiping in your home. So pour that
1: in the basin. All right. Newton Deanne, could you come up? Are you guys here? Come on up here.
2: These guys, uh, they're friends of mine and they're very generous. They are generous people and they know how to honor God in,
1: in their giving. Would you guys pour that in the basin? They're not coerced. It is a
2: free will love offering. When there was times where I, I said, hey, we're, we're doing something in Africa, and he would write a check.
1: That's worship.
2: You're filling the
1: basin in heaven that Jesus is standing before. Thank you, guys. Um, here's a big one.
2: Teresa come up. There's, There's so many more people that I can call up. You guys know
1: who you are. Do you know that forgiveness is worship? Do you know that not holding anything against you is worship? She knows how to worship.
2: She's had to forgive me so many times.
1: And yet she loves me such a picture of jesus
2: can you see why worshiping in spirit and in truth and in jesus is before this and he's just washing himself
1: with joy for those who worship in spirit and in truth So we have countless songs about pouring out
2: God of revival, pour out your spirit, pour it out. Uh, Jesus was poured out for us. Paul said, I am being poured out like a drink offering. Mary poured out perfume on Jesus' feet. You give him water and he gives you wine. He always gives you more. Always gives you more than you could
1: ever hope for. I'm going to skip forward. Um,
2: So in John 4 again, yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. And remember the, the old song, and he walks With me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. Remember that song? I remember singing that and not feeling one thing because I didn't understand it. But day, today, I hear his voice every single day, multiple times a day, because God's word richly dwells within me. His presence richly dwells within me. And my friend Matt, he's going to come up. He's going to share a little bit more.
1: I'm kind of wrecked right now.
3: I just want to honor this guy real quick. What an honor to know this man. We get to uh, co-lead a, a home group together and. Um, he's a real deal. And there's one week where I said. Great, I just interrupted everything and I was like, Greg, could you just like impart to us your <laughs> ability to worship wherever you are when he whether he's working with wood or talking to people or hear or playing his guitar or inventing new instruments or whatever he's doing. He's worshiping. And um I want more of that myself. And I just I just honor you. You're a blessing. I have to say that.
1: Um phew. this always happens.
3: So how many of you have so uh, Greg told me he was going to share, and I started, uh, I read the story of uh, the woman at the well again, and the Lord led me to read Acts. I read through the whole book of Acts. It was a few Sundays ago. We skipped church, and I read the book of Acts unplanned, um, but the Lord led my, uh, uh, drew my attention to the story of Stephen in Acts chapter 7. I didn't quite know why, and then a couple of weeks after that, Greg Uh, asked me to share Um, how many of you know the story of Stephen right the first martyr how many of you know why Stephen was martyred what is it that incited such anger on the part of his accusers that would eventually lead them to murder him I'm going to read it to you Acts chapter 6 Verse 13, it says, and they set up false witnesses who said, this man never ceases to speak words against this holy place. I'm going to skip down. Verse 14, for he heard, for we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place. They were angry. And what they used in terms of false witnesses was related to a specific place, the place of the temple. These religious leaders, they were more into the place than they were the person. And that is what angered them more than anything. And it was a lie, but they knew that it would get the council's attention. That's what they cared about more than anything. And so what was interesting, though, is before Stephen came to that place, he had already been worshiping. It was apparent. The very next verse, verse 15, it says, And gazing at him, all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. Stephen had been worshiping before he even came to a place. He had been with God. And there's only two people I know of in Scripture where their face were glowing. It's Moses, Jesus, sorry, aside from Jesus, Moses and Stephen. I've known many of you whose faces glow, by the way. Um but the recorded ones, that's those are the two I know of. What was Stephen's response? I'll make this quick. Verse seven. It says, And the high priest said, Are these things so? So Stephen didn't really answer the high priest's question directly, but he shared a sermon which I won't share. You can you can say thank you now. Because um, it's long. Yeah, it's like I don't even know how many verses. Anyway. Um, but just to sum it up, Stephen had a point to make in, in the sermon that he shared. Jesus said, uh, hearkening back to John chapter 4, verse 23, Jesus says, Now is the time when the true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. I don't think Jesus necessarily meant that just it just started at that point. The Father has always been seeking worshipers always been seeking worshipers and Stephen made that really really clear in verse two he says he speaks of abraham that god called to him when he was in mesopotamia when he before he even lived in haran and he spoke to him god met abraham before there was a tent or a building he met him in the wilderness verse seven the people were in egypt and god said Come out and worship me in this place. This place being the wilderness, the desert. Joseph, verse nine, Joseph sold him. uh, Joseph's jealous brothers sold him into Egypt. And then it says, but God was with him. Where? In Egypt. Verse 30. Moses, an angel appeared to him in the wilderness. Mount Sinai in the flame of fire in a bush God appeared to Moses in the desert he said take off your shoes holy place verse 38 speaking of Moses again this is the one Moses he speaks of Moses to the people Stephen says this is the one Who was in the congregation in the wilderness with the angel? Who was the one? Jesus was in the wilderness speaking in the bush to Moses. And he says, this is the one you've rejected to the religious leaders. Verse 44 speaks of the tent in the wilderness that God had them build. David building a temple. And then this this is the clincher, verse 48, I believe. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Verse 48. Yet the most high does not dwell in houses made by hands. That's not where he dwells. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Did not my hand make all these things? And then Stephen says, you stiff necked people uncircumcised in heart, which is where God dwells in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's been seeking worshipers all along. God is where his people are. Wherever his people are, that's where God is. That's the point of Stephen's entire sermon. If you want it summed up, God is where his people are, and God's people are where God leads them to be. That's the point. Wherever, here, there, at home, anywhere, we get to worship. (laughs) wherever we are. And it's really ironic because you know the rest of the story. Stephen, what did they do? They took him outside the city and they stoned him. Instead of responding in repentance, they ground their teeth and they stoned him with rocks. And it's ironic because the ones who worshiped the sticks and the stones of the building Killed a living stone as he was crying out for God to have mercy on them. Last night when I was in bed sleeping, the Lord was speaking to me, uh, connecting all these different verses about what I was to share today. And he brought to my mind Luke 19.40. I'm just going to read it. Jesus says, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. During the triumphal in- entry. If the people keep quiet. Because the Pharisees said tell them to shut up. Jesus said if, the, if they do not cry out. These stones will cry out. Verse 44. They will dash you to the ground. And the children within your walls. Jesus speaking of the enemies of Jerusalem. They will not leave one stone on another. Because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. They were worshiping God in the streets. And the Pharisees didn't want anything to do with it. First Peter 2.5 says you yourselves are living stones. Are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So the father is seeking. He's seeking you to worship him. He's seeking still today. Each of us to worship him. But the question is, as Greg mentioned earlier, is will we respond? He he is seeking us now. Will we respond? Will he respond like Stephen did? And if you do. You will glow like he did. And then when you come here glowing. That glow will grow. (laughs) It will spread Are you ministering to the father like the royal priests that he says that you are Am I ministering to him like the priest that he says that I am Before the days of tents Temples Church buildings There was just a
1: walk in the cool of the day.
3: It's time to get back to worshiping in spirit and in truth. The type of worship offered by God's living stones. That's the kind of worship that really rocks.
1: Okay,
2: so let's just recap real quick. I know that this is not a picture of Jesus in heaven, but it's probably David's uh, temple that he made. Uh, but this was the water vat, or or something like what I saw in heaven, and he was reaching down and just rejoicing in the in the praises of his people so we must worship uh true worshipers uh true worship goes to heaven god is refreshed not that he needs refreshing (laughs) don't don't misunderstand me but he's refreshed by our worship resources are released by heaven we are poured out on and equipped people get saved And worship, and worship in spirit and in truth. So the the result is is look at the fruits of your of your worship. of Is it is it bringing something in your life that's maturing, and are you sharing? Um. So this is the this is the promise, in Joe in Joel, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. It's not I might or I could or I, I'm i going to withhold. It's I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. We become like Jesus. This is the end result. We become like Jesus. We com- become selfless. We see from a different perspective, a heavenly perspective. Healing spontaneously happens. This is, the, uh, this is the picture after the, uh, the vision that I saw. Individually, when we worship him with our life, our cup cannot contain what he has to give. Everybody around us should get wet with the Holy Spirit. And then corporately,
1: he is ready to open up the heavens and to pour.
2: So, in closing, this is, uh,
1: so we can see revival here, individually and corporately. I can
2: taste it. I've been in this back room with Lewis and the the team just crying out for revival in this place. And even uh, last week, um, uh, Cyril was talking
1: about that. And he was uh, teaching on that. So, when do we
2: worship? All the time. Uh, Where do we worship? Anywhere. We must worship with our lives in every aspect of our life. I know that when I'm when I'm standing a table, I am I am praying over this table. Father, God, may your spirit ride on this table so that that when wherever it goes, there's going to be peace in that home. So we must worship in spirit and truth. We must become here. Here is this is I made up some words. So we must become repentaholics, forgiveaholics, loveaholics, joyaholics, forgiveaholics, praiseaholics to God and man. This makes us worshipaholics. And when we come together corporately, we become explodaholics because we we overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of his testimony because God has moved in us through us and poured out of us because he paved a way for us to worship in spirit and in truth so um Elizabeth could you come up I asked her to sing a song for us and if you if if any of this is resonating in your heart I want more I want to learn to worship you in spirit and in truth because I don't know if I do. That's going to be revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. Um, also, if if you are, uh, first of all, need to be saved, come forward. We would love to pray for you, introduce you to Jesus. Um, but if you want to experience more in your worship life, would you just come up, and grab this pitcher and just pour a little bit in and take a moment and say and just say, Jesus, I just
1: want more. I want more.
2: So, Lord, as we uh, Lord, it's all about worship. It's all about you. Lord, I know that you rejoice over the praises of your people. Lord, will we send enough up for you to bathe in? Lord, send revival to your people.
0: the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from, oh he is my song. And let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for